welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, Frank LaRosa, and we are continuing to uh, get great hosts, uh, great guests on our show. Uh, today, I am uh, really excited. It's been a little bit of back and forth trying to get him on the show today. So I'm really super excited to have David Carr, the chairman of Equitable Advisors, on our show today. David, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, Frank, and thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to have an opportunity to sit down and talk with you. Awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I I saw you on another another show and I was like, oh man, I gotta get him on our on our show. We have a lot of success with your firm and I'm I'm really excited to bring this the what what I think is a I'll say a, not really an unknown story, uh, but a story that maybe is not known enough um to the financial services industry, especially for advisors that are thinking about uh making a move and looking for the right place to go. Um, so before we get into all of that, and I have a couple of things I want to talk about, um, maybe for our listeners, can you give us a little bit of color on, on who David Carr is and what your background was and, uh, maybe just, a um, sort of a, a larger view of equitable advisors as a whole. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to, uh, like you and many others, I started out as an advisor right out of college, spent a number of years building a practice that was focused on working with professionals and business owners. And then I became a, a manager or team lead in our world where I was responsible for hiring, training, and developing a new team of advisors. And I did that for a number of years. That led to me becoming the branch manager of our office in Philadelphia. Uh, I was actually known as Carbarth Associates. And I was yep. partners, uh, my business partner there, a guy by the name of Tim McGuire. We were partners there for 16 years. Tim still runs that office today with, a, with another partner. And that was an amazing experience for me. Uh, my father had actually established the firm in 1967. So there's some legacy there. And then I had an opportunity to move in this role. And that was nine years ago. And when the opportunity arose, there were really two major reasons for me taking. A lot of people said, you know, why would you want to move into headquarters? Wouldn't you rather just keep running your office and doing your thing. But for me, there's two things. One, from a personal perspective, it was interesting to play in a new role and be in a position to use what I'd learned in all those years, being an advisor and being a branch manager and applied in a different in a different setting. And second, I felt like the industry was really at an inflection point. And by moving into this role, I had a much better opportunity to impact the strategy for equitable advisors than I would have been able to have from my office in Carbarth at, in Philadelphia. Excellent. So as far as um, equitable advisors is concerned, how is that? Maybe just walk through the structure. So you have Carbarth, you have equitable advisors. And I know and I know uh, Carbarth, I, I drive past it on, on occasion. I'm headed out that way. And I've been, yeah. I've actually been to the office uh, several years ago, which is a beautiful office. Uh, but maybe just give the audience a little bit of um, background or color on equitable advisors and uh, its its structure. And then maybe we'll get into some things a little bit later about um, your custody clearing relationship and how that works with you. 
Sure. We have 4,100 advisors across the country and 30 branch offices across the country, actually 80 physical offices altogether, but 30 branch offices and about $80 billion in assets under management on the wealth management side. Um, and that's our structure. You know, that's the basic structure. Okay. So from your perspective, if we can get into, you know, one of the things that I love about having a guest like you on is that you, especially now in, in your role today, and as an advisor, uh, you, uh, it's not that leaders in the industry that weren't advisors aren't good leaders, um, but they maybe come with a different perspective, right? Sitting in this seat is 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 much different and, and uh, gives you, I think, a leg up. So from your perspective, there's a lot going on in the industry. I'm just curious, what you, how do you see financial services today? Where do you think the puck is going um, in in general? And then maybe if I, if you can just touch on this wave of W two advisors. Going to you know going into a 1099 environment or maybe they're already in a 1099 environment and they're headed into like an RIA type channel. Um, do you think that everyone should go that direction or you know what is your opinion there? Yeah, so there's a lot of questions in there. Maybe I'll yeah. maybe I should step back. There there is you know one thing about us you mentioned at the beginning a story that's maybe not as well known and and in talking about our structure I'd just say you know a lot of people don't probably don't recognize that we're one of the top ten independent broker dealers in the space. And so that's something that's maybe an unknown fact. Uh, when I think about when I stepped into this role nine years ago, the we we wanted to the team and I wanted to really create a vision for ourselves that was exciting and got us up every single day excited about what we were doing. And also something that we thought would be motivational and exciting for our advisors as well as our team in headquarters. And it really all starts with making a difference in the lives of others. And when you think about the work that our advisors are doing and the work they're doing for their clients, they're helping them save for their children's education, they're helping them retire more comfortably, and they're helping protect their families. And there are a few things in the world that are actually more important to those clients than the work that our client, that our advisors are doing for them. You think about it, other than maybe their health and their family's health, this has got to be the most, most important thing in their lives. And that's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of that. It's exciting to be in an industry where we can have such a positive impact. And when we thought about what we were aspiring to be, we want to be viewed as the most trusted holistic provider. We want to grow the organization from 4,100 advisors to 7,500 advisors. And we want to really be viewed as a premier wealth management firm. And in order to do that, uh, we think about a couple areas that we really need to focus all of our time. One is how do we help our advisors build great wealth management practices in their own vision? And then second is how are we helping our clients, the, the advisors clients the, together, how are we helping those clients achieve their financial goals and objectives? Those are the two primary things that we do. And with respect to our advisors, we make there's three commitments that our whole vision is really built around. It's built around, you know, A, clear and transparent communication. B is a partnership where we partner with advisors to find new solutions, to make sure that we're serving their clients as best we possibly can and helping them achieve those goals and objectives. And then third, it's around innovation and making sure that when we think about innovation, we're spending 20% of our time thinking of brand new stuff, 20% of our time executing on the best of those new ideas. 
And then 60% of our time is BAU. It's the stuff we're already doing and never losing sight of the fact that 100% of our revenue today is coming from stuff we're already doing. So we've got to execute really well on that 60%. In terms of where the puck is going and how these different affiliation models and so forth have evolved over the past several decades, it's exciting. It's an exciting world for advisors. Advisors are in a position where they can build their practice in whatever vision they choose, whether they want to be pure independent, whether they want to have an RIA, whether they want to be a W-2 model. There's all types of options and flexibility available to them. I think that from our perspective, our success has been built on this concept of supported independence, where advisors are able to build their practice in their vision. They can be independent, but still have the support and infrastructure of a major company like Equitable behind it so that they're able to have access to things like real estate, compliance, structure that they might be accustomed to, depending on the world that they're coming from. If they don't want real estate, they don't need to take real estate either. So it just really depends on the world they're coming from. Yeah, I think that that goes perfectly right into my my next question, which is really surrounding uh, the success that I think you're having. One, I think that you're having in general, and and two, that I've seen with, with my firm, with some of our clients joining Equitable Advisors, um, as sort of new recruits, and and when I think back to some of the, and we just had a, a team recently it was uh, well over a million dollar producer uh, join one of your groups, and it was that supported independent uh, point that he decided was the right fit for him. And um, we re- I had we had uh, dinner last week with uh, some of the some of the guys from that group, the leaders of that group, and they were talking about how well he was doing already and how ha- happy he was. Which for for me that made me feel good. Because that meant that we guided our client the right way, um, and you know, and he's doing really well there. So, talk a little about that about that because I don't look. We see we see certain firms and their names up on lights with all these teams and the big advisors that join them, and and maybe we don't see uh, equitable advisors' name in lights as much as people either think or maybe that's that's part of the plan. But there's a lot of success that you're all having. So, can you talk a little bit about that and and why you think you're having the success that you're having aside from some of these great points and these visions that you're talking about absolutely and uh that makes me feel great as well and thanks for the for the introduction to that advisor we have a we have a great culture and a culture is is a big part of success i think for advisors uh, i don't know which office this is, the advisor you're referencing is a part of but one of the pieces of the infrastructure that we have is we have market leaders. We have people in those markets that they can work side by side with that can help them and the support that they have built around them can help them with areas such as real estate, as I mentioned, compliance, marketing, technical support, all of that support system that's wrapped around them. And in addition to that, again, depending on the advisor's circumstance and and how they're trying to grow their practice. But what we're seeing is many advisors they are in a growth mode. And one of our biggest differentiators is that we hire and train six to 700 new advisors every single year. And what that does is that provides us with a great bench, a great bench of advisors. So if you're an advisor looking to build a business and build a firm, if you're at a firm that's not hiring new advisors, where are you going to get them? You're going to have to go out and 
try to recruit other experienced advisors. In our organization, it's sort of like having a farm team. You have a, a very strong bench of advisors that we're developing, and our best firms are built internally. They're bringing on the best of those newer advisors that are coming on. They're bringing them into their teams. They're growing teams very successfully internally within our organization, and they're able to see that advisor see how that person works before they bring them into their organization. And it's really a great fit and it's pretty unique, I think, to us. Yeah, I think um, you know, this particular advisor was up in the um, Boston marketplace. Okay, great. Um, so you probably know who who, uh, who the market leader is there. Great, great yeah, guys. Yeah, he's with Nick and Nick's real hands-on and he's yeah. uh, he's terrific and I'm sure is, is getting right into it with your advisor that you referred and helping that person think about their practice and how to grow it going forward. Yeah. And what I think was really cool was that when we had, when we had dinner and the, the, the advisor client wasn't with us, but the market leader was down here and to see the, I'll say excitement, but to see how happy he was that our client was happy and having success was really important. Like I can, it was genuine, right? It was like, hey, this is why the guy joined us. This is what I this this is what I told him I was going to do for him, and I did exactly what I said I was going to do for him, and that's why he's happy, right? Um, un- unfortunately, we don't. I don't always. Well, I try to avoid that um, with clients, but on occasion, you, sometimes firms overdeliver or overpromise and underdeliver, but we try not to get into that. Well, that's great um, to hear. And again, I think that goes back to the culture piece that I was talking about. We've got great leaders around the country that are very engaged, very enthusiastic about working with advisors, and they're passionate about what they do. Yeah, for sure. So when you talked about um, your, your sort of like growth and growth plans, when you look at equitable advisors as a as a firm and your vision, you know, is there a vision that you've painted in terms of where you see the firm going, what you're ultimately trying to get done? So talked about the number of advisors that you that you 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 have and that you want 7000 advisors um but there's got to be more to your vision than than that yeah i mean again it goes back to the impact and making a difference in the lives of others and in terms of the vision we want to continue to grow assets all the basic metrics that you would see in any wealth management organization we want to do that in a way that is focused on helping clients achieve their financial goals, helping advisors build great wealth management practices in their own vision. And it sounds simple, but it's it's really about how you allocate your time and where you spend your time. And, and what we're focused on is making sure that advisors have the technology, have the open architecture platform, have competitive compensation packages so they can achieve those things that I've outlined. In terms of affiliation models and so forth, uh, we have, you know, we continue to look at whether that's something we want to expand on today. Today, with our affiliate, with our supported independence model, we're able to really leverage that platform works extraordinarily well uh, for advisors that are both coming from independent firms as well as advisors that might be coming from a W two situation. Cool. So you mentioned uh, you you talking about open architecture, technology platform, and um, support independent model. And w- one of the things that I've always found, uh, and I, and I actually early on, this was, this was years ago, didn't even know this. And many of the advisors, when we make the introduction to you, uh, to equitable advisors don't know this, but, um, you have a very strong and important relationship 
some of which I think you know, leads to some of the success that you're having uh, with LPL um, as your as your custodian. Um, and I think the money that they're pouring into the technology platform, like you're talking about, really is separating separating their platform from from a lot of the competitors. So, how do you view that relationship? And and do you think that's part of the that relationship, part of the success that you're having? Uh, one with your advisors that are already there, and two, recruiting advisors to the firm. Yeah, certainly the partnership that we have with LPL has been terrific. Uh, they provide us with, as you mentioned, clearing and custody and the middle office. And that provides us with our open architecture to a great array of, of products and services that we can deliver to our clients as well as technology. In addition to our relationship with LPL, on the insurance and annuity side, we have a relationship with Crump, which provides us with similar open architecture on the insurance and annuity side so that our advisors are really in a position to make recommendations for their client that they see are best fit for those clients. And having that access, having those partnerships has been tremendously beneficial to us. Yeah, I think that, um, look, I think LPL is a really, really good firm. Um, but sometimes we come across advisors that want something smaller, right? They want, they don't want 22,000 advisors, right? But they, they love the, the, the text, I'll just call it tech stack, but they love the deliverable, the tech deliverable, right? All on a desktop, it's nice and clean and they don't have to figure out how to bring in reporting and all that other stuff. It's been really good. The the feedback that I get from our clients that we introduce to equitable advisors is that, wow, I really get the best of both worlds by, by you know, getting all the great things that LPL offers with size and scale, but get this high touch, supported, independent, you know, uh, I'll say, a, a different culture, I'll just call it. not not better, not worse, just 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 different, right? More more high high touch with equitable advisors, and that's what we're seeing um, with with you all. So, yeah, and I'd say that just to jump in, I, mean, I think that as you mentioned in your example up in up in Boston, it's a hands on environment, and so we while we have forty one hundred advisors as part of the organization, we're still we operate like a small organization, and if you that advisor has an issue, he or she knows exactly who to pick up the phone and call. They're connected with the local market leader. And so it creates this culture that's much more boutique type of culture than you might have in a gigantic organization where it's a little more difficult to have those relationships. And myself, I'm very engaged with all of our market leaders with our advisors, our advisors call me often and are welcome to call me at any time. So we really do try to keep a very small company feel, even though we're, you know, at 4,100 advisors, we're, we're a pretty large independent broker dealer. No, yeah, absolutely. So you're like in that sweet spot where you're, um, you have the right size, but you're not um, perceived as be, be too big. Um, The other thing that I wanted to talk a, a little bit about or a lot about, because I think it's something that's probably near and dear to your near and dear to your heart, um, is uh, something that you, you all rolled out called the Columbia University Holistic Financial Coach Program. And and that is something I think you're you're sort of like putting your you know, you're putting your your flag in the ground and saying this is this is the direction, this is what we believe in, this is what we're doing, and we're we're putting support and effort behind it. Can you can you talk about what that program is? How do you think it's going to lead to um, more success with clients and 
from an advisor's perspective, how do you think it's going to help them grow their their practices? Obviously, you know, client first, taking care of clients, but how do you view this as really impacting uh, the the business, the industry, and, and advisors as a whole? Yeah, it's a really exciting partnership and program we have with Columbia. And it's a program that we've developed that in addition to the traditional financial planning education that our advisors receive, it's a scientific approach to how to engage with clients in a deeper and more meaningful way and really light up all four quadrants of their brain and really connect with clients to understand what's important to them and how that might relate back to their finances. But what we're finding in this program is that advisors that go through the program have such a deeper understanding of the importance of questions, the importance of asking the right questions of clients. Again, it's it's not that any of this is new. We've all been coached this since we started as advisors, but it is much more scientific. It's a much more sophisticated approach to it that I think makes it more compelling for advisors. And then some of the analysis that comes from it is fascinating. What we have found is if advisors are self-rating themselves on their ability to ask questions, those advisors that generally spend more of their time in a conversation asking questions as opposed to speaking tend to produce at levels that are five, 10 times greater than advisors who recognize that they aren't as inquisitive during the course of meetings. And so there's real data that's emerging from it that supports this concept of how to engage clients, how to get them uh, to feel more connected so that you can do a better job of serving their needs. And so it's it's been fantastic. Last year, our advisors that went through it early in the year, in 2022, the majority of those advisors that went through the program had their best year ever. Uh, and you know, if that happened in 21, you'd say, well, that's because the market was so great. Everybody had their best year ever. But in 2022, not everybody had their best year ever. And yet more than half of the advisors that went through the program last year had their best year ever in 2022. That's sort of the old analogy that you have two ears and one mouth, right? right. Like do twice as much exactly. listening. <laughs> right. Exactly. So it's not like some newfound like mathematical equation, like, oh my God, you discovered, you know, you know, the wheel or something. Like, no, just shut up and listen and ask the right questions. Um, exactly. I, I think it'd probably be, you know, I've always thought, and I, you know, I have some learning to do on that front about uh, listening more than talking. Um, we all I, do. I, I, yeah. When I was a, when I was an advisor years ago, when I worked at, uh, so I started at Prudential Securities and then I was, and then I moved to Smith Barney. Um, and I, and I used the same method. Uh, when I was a manager or even today, like when I when I go to a lunch meeting with a recruit, um, I I sort of use that the, my talk time based on their meal and my meal, right? And my goal is to get them to go through the whole dinner, let me finish my meal, and they really haven't even touched theirs because that means that they did all the talking. Right. Um, so, you know, I, that's sort of my barometer. And now it's a little secret that everybody knows now if they go to lunch. <laughs> That's you know, it's just uh, you know, you can tell a lot about people by by the types of questions that they ask. But I think that's really interesting. So, what are you doing in terms of the the advisors? Is there a minimum? Like, how do you how does an advisor enroll in that? Do you have minimum production levels? Like, what what does that look like in terms of your advisors getting into the program? There are some 
baseline training programs that we run nationally that they are that they need to go through a couple levels of that before they enter into the Columbia program. So that's one piece. Uh, they have a very small share of the cost, so that they have some skin in the game to participate in the program. But it's you know the cost of it is for them is less than I think five percent of what it would cost them to get a similar coaching program from Columbia on their own. And there are some production expectations and so forth, but that's not as hard and fast as the advisors that are willing to go through the baseline training and then put, you know, have some skin in the game to go to the program. And again, the reception from advisors participating has been extraordinary. We've had our number one advisor in the country that's in the history of our company that's participated and he just raves about it. He can't uh, say enough good things about what he's taken from the program. He's now having all of his team members that are part of his firm come through the program. So it's been really, really well received. And I think is changing the way our advisors think about their client engagements. Really interesting. Um, but I think that a lot of programs out there are more, I'll, I'll call it like, book courses, you know, like understanding how to build models and all that other stuff. This is really more um, high, high touch, really connecting with a client on a different level. And it is. And, you know, sometimes when you're getting training on being a better listener, it's really sales training, right? Sometimes this isn't really sales training. This is really more psychology training. And it's really, again, it's a Columbia developed, designed, and created coaching program on how you engage with clients so that you can coach your clients ultimately to having more, well, better and and more meaningful lives and results in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. So it's, it's really a genuine program that's genuinely teaching our advisors how to coach their clients toward achieving their lifetime goals. Yeah. I think some of that is, getting your clients to really think about like underneath the surface, really beneath the surface, what, what they're really thinking, how do they really feel about their parents getting older and their concerns about taking care of their elder, you know, their parents as they get older or, you know, their dream vacations. And uh, there was another firm was doing some AI stuff and uh, they were using programs to, I think Microsoft was doing this to take sort of like video reactions of your face. And they were had these questions on the screen that were more in-depth, thought-provoking questions to get the reactions, the automatic reactions to those questions versus the client saying, well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about, you know, my, my elderly uh, parents or like who isn't concerned about their elderly parents, but it's the way you ask those types of questions to elicit an even deeper um, a deeper answer uh, to get to what's really going to be bothering them about why they're concerned about their elderly parents. Exactly. Exactly. And whether that's your elderly parents, or as you said, that trip that's important to them and why it's important to them, and then really helping them think about how they accomplish these goals or address these concerns that are deep and meaningful concerns to them that maybe they haven't even taken the time to think through themselves as to why it's so important to them. Right. Right. Yeah. That's the point. So yeah, I think that if an advisor's clearly you're, I know you're, you're charging them something for it. And 
uh, I, my guess is if they're getting their returns or the improvement on their business that they are, uh, the the money that it's going to cost them is probably incidental right. uh, for, for the growth and the building a better company, right? Building a better business, better relationships with their clients, uh, which means they probably are building deeper relationships with the family, getting 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 more of the relationship over to them. Um, so I'm sure you could probably charge a lot more for it and uh, get the same results. Um, yeah. So, you know, we talked a lot about a lot of different things here. If if I'm an advisor, if you think about my audience, which is primarily sort of financial advisors across the spectrum of the of the of the industry, you know, this is sort of like the, you know, the the last, uh, you know, 10 minutes or so of, you know, why should I, as an advisor, join, uh, join equitable advisors, right? I'm a, I'm a great, I'm a good producer. I've had some success uh, aside from a lot of the, some of the things that we've talked about, but you know, this is your, your opportunity to really sort of, here you go, s- sell it. Why should I join equitable advisors? And then how do I go about doing that? Yeah. Well, first of all, I think that it's important that you, I'm sure most of your clients are interviewing a couple different places and they're going to see what the best fit is for them. And I think that the advisors that are going to find us the right fit for them are advisors that are looking for independence. They want to build a firm. They have strong growth goals ahead of them. And yet at the same time, they want support. They want a partner that's engaged with them and helping them grow their practice, whether that is through helping them bring advisors into their firm that are part of our farm team or bench that I talked about earlier, or whether that's building a new market plan, marketing strategy around a particular market that they have an opportunity on. What they'll get here is they're going to get on, they're going to get hands-on support uh, if that's what they're looking for. In addition to that, uh, we're going to be able to provide them with the open architecture product selection and technology that they need to serve their clients in a way that uh, meets the client expectations and helps them build the practice that they envision being a part of. And at the end of the day, I think a lot of times it does come down to culture. And so I think that that one-on-one or two-on-two interview, whatever, however many people are in the meeting with them, but getting a feel for the culture, getting an understanding of the organization that they're joining and determining whether they see the people in that organization as people that they want to be partners with. Because at the end of the day, that's what they are. They're The advisors are partners with the firm that they're joining. And hopefully the firm they're joining views them as partners as well. And if, if it's not that way, it's probably not a good fit for them. But I certainly hear, I would hope that in that process, they would get the genuine sense that we are here to be real partners with them and partners in helping them grow their business. That's awesome. I think that there's a lot of great advisors that would, uh, that, that, that resonates with. Um, and again, I think to your point, if that's not what you're looking for, you know, there's transition deals and everybody thinks about the money, but the money is only one piece of the making a move. If you go to the wrong firm, it doesn't matter how much money someone pays you, you can make a colossal mistake and it can cost your, your cost your business way more than some check you got by making a move. Um, so, yeah, so finding the right firm and, um, you know, I've had some experience where, where we've brought some, we've introduced some advisors and and it wasn't the right fit. And, you know, to your team's credit, you know, they would say, Hey, I'm not sure they're going to do really well here. Not that they were a bad, not that they were a bad person or anything like that for what they were looking for. It's like, they're not going to lean into our strengths. Right. right. So, 
Right. So there's probably a better firm for them out there. So I, I really appreciate that. So aside from actually reaching out to me um, at frank at eliteconsultingpartners.com, uh, what's the best way for an advisor who's looking to start the due diligence process to reach out to someone at Equitable Advisors uh, and get that get it going? Well, I think a great starting point would be for them to reach out to Armand Alaverdian. Armand uh, is on our recruiting team, heads up that team, and it's I'll give you the email address. Awesome. And uh, for those that are that are listening and maybe listening and driving in the car at the same time, uh, we'll make sure that we have uh, Armand's uh, email address in the link. Um, so if you have any questions, you can shoot him uh, an email and start that process. I can promise you um, it will be, if you are looking to make a move or considering making move, it'll be well worth your time. Um, I've had the privilege to work with Armand a lot. Um, he's in our office a lot because he just feels like education and communication is really important and we appreciate it. Um, he's a straight shooter and he's a great guy and I think you'll enjoy the conversation. So, um, David, thank you very much for your time. Uh, like I said, uh, we keep it to right around uh, 30, 40 minutes. I appreciate this is some great insight. I think my listeners learned a lot and um, I just want to thank you for your time. This has one, been wonderful. Well, thank you, Frank. I appreciate you having me. It's been a pleasure. And look forward to talking with you again sometime soon. Awesome. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.